0: up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, It's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Fascinating. For over 30 years and still your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. What the hell's going on out here? Heard live around the world and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. Yeah. And now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest-running fight show... In history. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! And Foreman is as poised as can be! Pedro Fernandez. Damos y caballeros! Emanating
2: from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Check it, sports fans. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35, make it 36-plus years now. Radio presence. We are often imitated but hardly duplicated. Straight up, you tune tuned to Ring Talk Live, Worldwide Boxing and MMA for two hours live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the Dan Patrick Channel, Channel 211, and a plethora of other internet platforms. You can always get us at sportsbyline.com. Straight up, the World Welterweight Championship on the line. Last night, of course, Earl Spence undefeated out of Dallas, Texas. Now 22, uh, still unbeaten but not so impressively. Mr. Porter, Sean Porter, came to fight. It was a unification match between the WBC and the IBF champion at 147 pounds. The Golden Division, Welterweights, no doubt about that. We'll talk Welterweights later with Godfather Larry Merchant. We'll hear from Maybe one of the greatest welterweights of all time, if not the greatest welterweight in Sugar Ray Leonard. Of course, we we'll go back in time to Sugar Ray Leonard in 1979 when he took on Andy the Hawk Price. Who was Andy the Hawk Price? He was managed by Motown singer Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye threw all this money on Andy Price. And, well, we'll hear the fight and we'll hear what happened uh, in a couple of minutes straight here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We have open phone lines around the planet. If you can join us on the toll-free, for you, can you can. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, there's also the Free No Commitment text line, 415-275-1613. The studio text line, once again, 415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
3: Fall is here, and with the leaves changing, it may feel like you're running out of time to get any lingering home projects done before the holidays. Well, luckily, Home Advisor can give you a hand so you can spend more time watching football and less time doing home projects. From minor repairs to major remodels, Home Advisor will connect you with top rated pros in your area. The pros have been reviewed by your neighbors. So you can see what others thought of their work. And if you're not sure how much your project should cost, get multiple quotes from pros and use HomeAdvisor's Project Cost Guide to see what others paid for similar projects. And to top all of it off, you can book appointments online. No more phone tag. So whether it's remodeling the den for football season or fixing up the house before the holidays, HomeAdvisor makes it beyond easy to get your home projects done To find the right pro at a fair price, just ask HomeAdvisor. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free award-winning HomeAdvisor app
4: today. The football season's back! And now you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make your bets on your favorite professional or college teams. Every spread, every total, every winner, and every loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. Will Mahomes throw for 56 touchdowns? Can the Pats go undefeated? You can bet on all of this with the fastest odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code COACH55 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Get into all the action today with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
5: Mountain Mike's Pizza. You've heard our phrase, pizza the way it ought to be. But did you know that our famous pepperoni large pizza has over 100 pieces of pepperoni on it? Our dough and shredded cheese are made fresh daily, never frozen. Having a party? We have a great room for parties and a video arcade with tickets and prizes for kids. Located at 2100 4th Street in San Rafael, you'll enjoy your pizza the way it ought to be. Call us at 415-454-4300. That's Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael.
6: speeding bullets, more powerful than a locomotive able to leap tall buildings at a single bound
1: look up in the sky it's a bird it's a plane
6: it's not earl
2: spence sorry folks he's not the next sugary leonard he's not even the next tommy hearns put it this way he's a good fighter out of dallas texas i mean undefeated still no doubt about that but He was pressed a bit last night. There are some people that think that Porter won. Of course, the official scores after 12 rounds were 116, 111 Spence, 116, 111 Porter, and 115, 112 Spence. So straight up. You got to give Mr. Porter some credit. One judge thought he won going away by five points. So I think this mandates a rematch. I don't want to see Danny Garcia fight anymore. Danny Garcia at 140 pounds was somewhat pleasing, but 147 pounds, Danny's there to make the money and cash the checks. The semi main event, the WBC super middleweight title on the line. Of course, the former champion, he was stripped, not stripped, or sort of lost the title because he was snorting cocaine. I'll talk about David Benavides of Fresno, California, in the area down there. Still 22 0 after he stopped. See, Chuck Weptner, the biome bleeder of the black race when it comes to boxing. That's the straight up. I'm talking about Anthony Durrell. They call him Dog, call him what you want. That's his nickname. But I call him Chuck Wepner, man. Every time that guy gets in a fight and somebody hits him in the face, he just bleeds. Of course, this was a young man that in 2007, Larry Merchant blew everybody away when he announced on HBO that that uh, he was suffering from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He went into uh, chemotherapy, and a year later, of course, he was back boxing. So last night, it was sort of like the, the swan song for uh, Mr. Durrell, and it was didn't turn out good. The end of nine rounds, Benavidez was winner, a TKO. It was a bloody win, no doubt about that. Now, we take it to Southern California in a couple of minutes. We'll bring in the godfather, Larry Merchant. Of course, let's go back to uh, Porter. 30-2 and two now, 30-3 and three now. Of course, who's in that split decision? Do you really want to see... You know, Danny Garcia fight again, especially against Earl Spence, and that oh, oh, how about this? That knockdown in the eleventh round? Not really, not not really. You know, I mean, he sort of missed a punch, and his glove did touch the ground, but you know, not really. That was a bit of a push. And then, of course, scoring that round ten eight automatically for Spence, I thought that was a bit of a reach too. I couldn't believe they, I couldn't believe that the judges went that way. But then again, you know, judges have to realize there is gray area. There is gray area. It's not always black and white. That's what's happening with cops nowadays. The cops come out of the academy and, and they're considered, they're told what's black and what's white. They don't realize that 90% of police work is the gray area. Straight up, let's take it to Southern California, and bring in the godfather himself, Mr. Larry Mergent. A very good morning to you, sir.
7: Uh, good morning, uh, Pedro. I guess uh, we were in the gray area last night <laughs> when <laughs> Spence got a. Uh, split decision over Porter, which was a big surprise to me. I thought Spence would completely dominate him, but uh, give Porter credit.
2: The young man came to fight. He's, of course, he has that aggressive uh, face first, I'm-in-your-face type of style. And it, it looked okay to one judge, but obviously not to the other two. And, but... As far as Danny Garcia being the guy, they, they brought him in the ring last night. That was part of, this, part of the promotion. Of course, they, they pushed him in the post-fight, thing, post-fight shows and that kind of good stuff. But I really don't want to see Danny Garcia. I mean, if ever there was a fight that probably merited a rematch, it was this fight here. The fact that it went to a split Duke at the end of 12 rounds and the both guys can say, you know, I won. They deserve to do it again. Let's do it again.
7: Uh, I agree. Um, agreed. Uh, but it may not be in the master plan of uh, yeah. of Mr. their Al promotional Hainer. back backers, and they're trying to. It seems to me to establish Spence, you know, as the uh, uh, sequel uh, to uh, to Mayweather mm-hmm. uh, to try to build up some kind of huge um uh, fights but they don't want to fight the big fights uh they just want to build up to whatever whatever they they think um is is worthy but if he doesn't fight uh, Crawford then Crawford's going to be uh, uh ranked ahead of him still um what is what is the point uh of waiting for Pacquiao I understand the point it's it's dollars and cents, and I don't know if Pacquiao wants to fight uh, Spence for those dollars and cents. Uh, Excuse me. Um, So, you know what? Uh, Let's bask in the glory of uh, a very good fight, and we'll see what happens. You know,
2: Mayweather filled a void. You talked about that a little bit earlier. Mayweather filled a void, and now there are heavyweights.
7: Can you expand on that? Well, Here's the point uh, I've made in the past. For 20-plus years, there were no really serious heavyweights from the mid-'90s, we'll say, uh, uh, well into a, just a few years ago. And so there was a void, uh, people looking to find the best fighters and so on and so forth. Uh, The heavyweight champion used to be the best fighter, and uh, presumably any heavyweight champion could uh, beat Mayweather or Spence or anybody else in the lower divisions. Um, uh, That said, uh, there was a vacancy in the public's mind as who is the best fighter, and uh, Mayweather filled that vacancy for many people. Uh, uh, but Spence is trying to make it in a different environment in which we now have four heavyweights starting to f- get ready to fight each other and, um, uh, and two big rematches in, in, in the offing. And so suddenly the welterweights look like the smaller guys they are. It takes a very exceptional, uh, fighter to, uh, in a lower division to uh, overcome uh, the image of the heavyweight champion. I don't know if I've ever told you the story, Pedro, after, you know, uh, Ray Leonard used to be our, uh, our professional uh, observer along me with me and Jim Lampley in, in, in the parts of the eighties when he was mostly retired with an injury and so one time uh, we were going back from Las Vegas in, to uh Los Angeles late at a, a late night flight they had in those days and i was sitting and babbling with uh with Leonard and people were asking for autographs and so forth and suddenly uh Muhammad Ali appeared uh, he was at the fight And he was on the same flight. And it was almost as if the great Sugar Ray Leonard wasn't there when Ali appeared. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm as big a Sugar Ray Leonard fan as there is. But it just shows the difference between a great welterweight and a great heavyweight Um, and in this era, we suddenly have uh, a handful of competitive heavyweights, and they're putting on some good shows, and uh, suddenly everything else seems smaller.
2: You're tuned to the most Sports Byline Broadcast Network. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. That is the retired HBO godfather, Larry Merchant. He hopefully will stick around for another segment. We'll talk a little boxing history next up on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We bring in the Sugar Relator 1979 fight. Prior to fighting for the championship, he took on a man by the name of Andy the Hawk Price. Straight up, that and more on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Coming up. <laughs>
0: A mother for me. Yeah!
8: If you need fast cash for any reason, go to MoneyNow100.com. Good, bad, or no credit at all? Go to MoneyNow100.com. You could get up to $5,000 as soon as the next business day. Go to MoneyNow100.com on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in the address bar MoneyNow100.com. That's MoneyNow100.com.
6: A feature traction of the afternoon... 12 rounds of boxing for the North American Boxing Federation Welterweight Championship. Introducing, in the red corner, fighting out of Los Angeles, California, a veteran of 43 professional fights, Andy Hawk Price. And in the blue corner, undefeated in 24 professional bouts, the North American Boxing Federation Welterweight Champion, fighting out of Palmer Park, Maryland, at 146 pounds, Sugar Ray Leonard.
9: All right, there with the introduction. Now, two things about Bryce's facial hair. One, it can cushion the blows, provide an effective protective cover. Two, in clinches, that hair can cause cuts. In the opponent's face and maybe trouble the eyes. The bell for the start of action in round one. Price is seventh rank Beat Palomino in 74. Cuevas as recently as 76. Price is 25. Will be 26 in November. Sugar Ray, as I said, 23. Ten point must system of scoring. Now watch Price. He's a left hooker in Los Angeles. He has great support. He is owned by the singer Marvin Gaye those of you not familiar with this man, they call him the Hawk, the uncrowned welterweight champion. So Sugar Ray should be in for a tough fight. The right kind of fight to have when later in the fall he's to face Wilfredo Benitez for the title. Now you saw that right of prices. It's a kind of floating right. It is not a powerful right. It's a winding right. What Leonard must do to prevail is keep that left working into the price phase because price can be hit with the right. There was the quick Leonard Jack. Scoring 10-point must system. mandatory eight down on knockdowns. No standing eight counts. Three knockdown rule is in effect. Can't be saved by the bell, except in the final round. Nineteen foot six and a half inch ring. Good start. So there are the bases. Referee is the veteran Harry Kraus. No voice in the scoring. Scoring by three judges: Dalby, Shirley, Charles Maker, and Joe Swester. We are almost two minutes into round one. This fight for the North American Boxing Federation welterweight title. Leonard getting those swift jabs in there. That's what he must do. You see that? Set him up beautifully for the right. Got the jab in, doubled up on it, and then the right. That's the right lead, which Leonard specializes in, as Ali did for so many years. And Christ against the ropes. Suddenly feeling Leonard's blow. And Leonard with much better power than he's given credit for. Hitting him with combination upon combination. Andy Price in trouble. And Leonard with his arms up raised the first knockdown of the fight. And it came with the round coming to its end. He will not get up. What a stunning victory.
2: Godfather Larry Merchant were the wise guys questioning Sugar Ray Leonard going into an Andy Price fight?
7: Uh, I think there was some question about uh, Ray Leonard coming out of the nineteen seventy six Olympics. You have to remember he wasn't even the the star of the of of a great American uh, team in nineteen seventy six. Uh, the, spent the uh, Howard the Davis. brothers. Um, the Spinks brothers and think? Howard
2: Davis, right?
7: Yes, and uh, Howard Davis was the outstanding fighter, but Leonard was had the most likable and crowd pleasing style, and um, and then his first professional fight was telecast on live television on the networks. Mm-hmm. That's how popular he was after '76. And he gradually built up. I don't know. He had uh, maybe 20 fights, and um, three of his next four fights after Price were Benitez, Duran, and Duran.
10: <laughs>
7: so um, he was able to prove that he, he was more than a than a great smile and a and a, and a great jab, um, uh, and of course the Nomas fight with um
2: Roberto <clears throat> with Roberto
7: with with Duran uh and all of that and established him uh and he he wanted to show by taking on Duran that he was uh, more than just that uh, pretty face. Okay. <clears throat> And then he has the, uh,
2: the years where he's working for HBO. He's got the detached retina, the repaired retina. He's off for a long time. He comes back in 1987 and startles the boxing world with a 12-round decision over over Marvin Hagler. Did you see that coming?
7: Uh, no, not really. Um, first, he startled us by taking the fight. <laughs> After fighting once in five years because of his uh, eye problem, uh, to move up from welterweight to middleweight um, against a very uh, established and 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 elite he- middleweight like Marvin Hagler, everybody thought was a kind of a suicide mission going in. Um, and a sidelight: uh, before the fight, um, I went in to see uh, Leonard with some others in he said to me, uh, who you picking? <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm here with with the guy I've worked with and, 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 and liked for many years. And I said, uh, Ray, uh, I have to pick Hagler, and I hope I'm wrong. And um, I was wrong. And uh, Leonard fought like hell. He won the crowd over early in the fight, uh, if you remember. Yeah, and, I was... I w- by winning the crowd over, um, he seemed it seemed to help him get a couple of close rounds late in the fight, and uh, he eked out a uh, a victory.
2: Ray Charles Leonard, of course, nineteen seventy six Olympic gold medalist, the guy that carried his girl picture of his girlfriend into the ring with him and had it in his sock. Of course, there was the the seven the Seven Up commercials. The marketing of him was pulled off to a great extent by Mike Trainer, and I always thought that Mike Trainer never got the credit. That he should have gotten for for first of all changing the boxing world because he came in and basically said you know you promoters got to come to me and they basically had to come to him and he sort of changed things around. I mean Ray sort of changed the pay scale in boxing there as far as American fighters were concerned.
7: Uh, well, Trainer was a lawyer yeah. um, from uh, Ray's uh, hometown in uh, Maryland. And uh, was a, a smart guy, and and it's interesting in the hindsight, you know that that Leonard didn't want to go with one of the top promoters. Uh, he wanted to establish his his own company in the ring, so to speak, uh, and he had the talent uh, that everybody was that the various networks were coming to him to have him fight for them. Yeah, he didn't have to negotiate uh, with or through uh, a promoter. And, uh, and yes, there have been fighters uh, over time who have been so outstanding that they were able to um, sort of freelance from fight to fight and the promoters they wanted.
2: Mike Trainer told me, Pedro, we're in 1989, we're kicking it in Florida. He says to me, I figured, how tough tough could this be? He goes, I rented an arena. He goes, I got a ring. He goes, and I got a matchmaker. He goes, and the show was on. I mean, so to an extent, he sort of uh, streamlined things to and, of course, brought boxing to the forefront as far as the 76 Olympic gold medalists would go on and capture several world titles. But that fight with 1987 with Marvin Hagler, that was a special night in boxing, no doubt about that. Um, when you look at Ray, as far as history is concerned, you know, he, he, I mean, I've got tapes of he and I talking over the years of him not coming back when he was old and he, he sort of, obviously he fell into that same old, same old money thing that every other fighter falls into. If somebody will offer you some money, you'll take a fight, took the fight with Terry Norris. That wasn't a smart move. Took the fight with Camacho, which I televised the international feed. That wasn't a smart move either. Um, Ray made some mistakes for being such a smart guy, for outsmarting everybody along the way. Donnie Lalonde, I can go on with the weight and this kind of stuff. Hagler with the rounds. He sort of didn't get outsmart in the end. Father time caught up.
7: Uh, Well, um, you know, father time always catches up, but what have you done by that time? And uh, uh, Ray Leonard had established himself as a, a great presence in boxing. And, yeah, he hung on because Ray... Ray was still a a a marquee name and he could make a lot of money for fighting. Uh I don't think that Ray spent all spent or threw away all of his money. Um he 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 bought a penthouse down the street from where I live in uh, Santa Monica and uh eventually sold that and moved up to uh even a higher-rent district. <laughs> so, and now he's still, after all of these years, he's still working as, a, an, anal, as an analyst, um, uh, and which shows how active and how much stuff is going on in boxing, and he still has that great smile, and people love him.
2: I'll never forget him coming out of the ring We're Actually, Roberto Duran coming down the stairs after fighting Marvin Hagler and telling him, Ray Leonard, you can beat him. You can beat him. You can beat him. And who ends up beating him? Sugar Ray Leonard, not two and a half, almost three years later. Godfather, you have a wonderful Sunday. Say hello to the godmother. I hope she's doing well.
7: Back at you. Thank you,
2: Pedro. You are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. This is the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, hour number one of two course live on sports byline iheart radio sirius xm satellite radio channel 211 and a plethora of other internet platforms you can always catch a show live at sportsbyline.com or go to iHeartRadio radio and you can punch us up and get your podcast that's right every time ring talk comes on the air i will let you know. That's the way iHeart does things. So the iHeart reminder is available by going to iHeartRadio and searching for Ring Talk. R-I-N-G-T-A-L-K. Speaking of Ring Talk, 36 plus years now, we must be doing something right, huh? Stay tuned. This is Ring Talk on Sports Byline. Thank you, Pedro. Are you run tomorrow? Are we right? Are you gonna run tomorrow morning? 5:30. <laughs> I'm leaving tomorrow at 10. I'll run with you tomorrow morning. Okay, babe. Right.
10: Okay. <laughs>
0: That's 800-403-5912.
1: Just under 90 seconds, remains in the fourth round. We use that arm to try to take away the base. Oh, look at the kicks. That's old school Hicks and Gracie style. Oh, he's got oh, the it in. Penn looking to choke out Florian. B.J. Penn looking to remain the champion. <laughs> it and is tough. all over. B.J. Penn has defeated Teddy Florian. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. The UFC did their thing last night, Copenhagen,
2: Denmark. Of course, the uh, Royal Arena, wow, pretty good crowd, 12,767 people paid, $1.6 million. The main event was uh, not so good for the crowd, though, because it only lasted two rounds. And at the end of those two rounds, at the end of the fight, 27 seconds into round number two, their guy, Jack Hermanson, had lost. He's now twenty and five. He got TKO with punches straight up. The winner, Jared Cannender. I gotta give Cannender uh, a little bit of credit. He Only had sixteen fights coming in, thirteen and three now. I think they're back now, fourteen and three. Good record, no doubt about that. But I thought he was the underdog going into the other guy's hometown. But you know, it all boils down to getting hit on the chin, getting hit in the face, and what happens after that. Well, obviously, for Mister Hermanson, the fight was over twenty-seven seconds into. Round number two. Mark Madsen was the winner in the co-feature, a lightweight co-feature against Danilo Gallardo. Gilbert Burns won a fight over Gunnar Nelson, a unanimous decision. Outside of that, yawn, 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 yawn. I can yawn about nine or ten times because a lot of these people were like... I don't want to say no names, but if you look at the card that was on ESPN Plus, a preliminary card, it had one, two, three, four, five, six, eight fights in it, and five went to a decision. Ooh, long time, man, long time. No, no, you want abbreviated fights. Speaking of abbreviated fights, I talked yesterday about cutting the uh, the distance in rounds as far as the world of mixed martial arts is concerned from five minutes to three minutes. Um, you know, come on, you probably get a little bit more action, and there would be less damage because this is what happened. <laughs> People get, when they get tired, they get hurt. That's when you suffer the serious injuries is you're tired and you can't respond. And and in five-minute rounds, you're going to get tired. Okay, so my thing is you let them go three-minute rounds, five three-minute rounds for a championship, three three three-minute rounds for a a prelim fight, uh, and let it go at that. Because I just think that, you know, I've told you time and time again, this idea of getting punched in the head and kicked in the head with four-ounce gloves and and getting kicked in the head with... Big kicks and getting neat in the face and flying knees and coming across the octagon. All that kind of stuff. Not good for um, neurological longevity. What I'm trying to say is, you know, you, you, Dana White doesn't give a spit about you 10 years later. Obviously, he won't, man. He won't even remember who you are. I'm serious. I've watched promoters when they've dealt with guys that are 10, 15 years past their peak and they're, you know, struggling to pay for things. And yeah, it's just not pretty. Anyway, MMA, pretty ugly. B.J. Penn, he's in a world of spit. Why is he still fighting? Why is B.J. Penn still fighting? Anyway, who knows? Next up for the UFC, UFC 243 going down under. Last time they went down under, <laughs> well, the girl got taken down under. I'm talking about Holly Holm licking up on uh, Ronda Rousey, man, of course, Ronda Rousey, the former star of mixed martial arts, the, the iconic one. She was an icon. Say what you want about her. I had her early in her, uh, her in her MMA career, and, of course, when she went to uh, the USC, we had a couple of appearances after that, but when she became a big star, I was like, hey, forget Pedro. But the bottom line is she made a mark, and she made women uh, come to the forefront of the world of mixed martial arts, no doubt about it. They're making some money. I hope they're making some money. Uh, hopefully they're making some money. Of course, they only get eight to ten cents on, on a dollar. Think about that. I keep, you know, going back to this, but I'm sort of weird on this one. And I'll tell you what, is that the USC takes in a dollar? It takes in a dollar. That's a hundred pennies. They only give between eight and twelve pennies to the fighters. So if you have a business where you're getting to keep eighty-eight pennies out of a dollar, <clears throat> that's good. I mean, I don't know. I'm telling you, when I was a cop here in San Francisco, I could not find a pimp in San Francisco that could pay 12 cents on the dollar. I just couldn't do it. It's impossible. No girl's going to work for 12 cents on the dollar, okay? But in the UFC, fighters work for 12 cents on the dollar because nobody else is there. Not good. Robert Whitaker, the defending middleweight champion, 185 pounds, taking on Israel, uh, Ades- Adesana, of course, he is the interim champion, so these guys are going to hook him up back and forth. Whitaker suffered an injury and his stomach was pulled from a fight, uh, I think it was Kelvin Gasolum down there, down under. That was pulled about a year ago, so he's on to come back off an injury. The co-feature Alan Quinta, always entertaining a lightweight, taking on Dan Hooker. And the rest of the card, yeah, so, 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 so. The rest of the year, as far as the UFC is concerned, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to have to... <clears throat> That's why they're with ESPN+. Plus. That's why they're with ESPN Plus because they don't have to sell this stuff to you anymore, okay? They just don't. I mean, I told you when 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 they let Brock Lesnar go when they let when they didn't offer Brock Lesnar enough money to come back and fight in the UFC about six about four five six months ago, it was it it was it coincided with them signing this big deal with ESPN Plus. And once they signed the deal with ESPN Plus, you didn't have to didn't have to scrounge for dollars anymore. You didn't have to look in between. The UFC didn't have to look in between their couch um, for coins. You didn't have to. Okay, they didn't because the ESPN was going to pay the bill no matter what. Okay, and now the big boys are getting away. And I think that Brock Lesnar fight, no matter who Brock Lesnar was going to fight, uh, it was going to be a big match. No doubt about that. Speaking of the heavyweight champion, Stip Mioc, of course, out of Cleveland, Ohio. Hmm, not good news for him. Undergoing a retina surgery, much like Sugar Ray Leonard underwent in 1983. I believe, uh, yeah, 1982, 83, of course, he suffered that detached retina. He said in the fight with Larry Bonds, I think it might have happened as early on as his fight with Marco Araldo. <clears throat> but Ray Leonard was off for a long time. This guy, supposedly, Stimulci won't be off but four or five months, they'll get this together. The retina surgery has come a long way uh, than it did from the 1980s, but he has that detached retina because the referee in that fight... He allowed Daniel Cormier in that last fight, allowed Cormier to poke him with open fingers over and over and over again. You can't let these guys open their fingers at people when they're pushing their hands at him. You just can't do it. And it was done time and time again. It was one of those those issues where I'm screaming. At the television or the screen, the computer screen, whatever I was watching this UFC event on, I'm screaming and I say, you know, what's going on here? What's going on? Well, the bottom line, it was it was a detached retina. They find out a couple of weeks later. Try to tell them, you know, this is not good. Some of the some of the safety aspects of the UFC, you know, they want to do this. They want to do that in order to make it a bit safer. Yeah, cut it to three rounds. and let guys poke guys in the eyes. Speaking of guys that I think are headed for a rough ending, Brian Ortega. God bless him. I loved him. and He was a once-beaten kid. Of course, lost to Max Holloway for the uh, Featherweight Championship, 145 pounds. It was last December. But the beating that he took was so severe. It was so severe that you can never, ever, ever, ever – I'll clear my throat a thousand times on that one because you'll never, ever be able to come back from that type of beating. You just can't. I've seen interviews with the kid afterwards – He ain't the same guy. Anyway, he's taking on the Korean zombie. He was hot right now. Chan Sung Hung. Uh, I'm telling you, this will be a mega match. Of course, this is going down. And where else? South Korea. He's a Korean zombie. So in other words, they're taking him from 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 the barbecue pit of having to get fried by Max Holloway to going over to Seoul, Korea, <clears throat> take that about Busan, South Korea, and taking it on the Korean zombie. Man, what did Brian Ortega do to piss Dana White off? That's all I can say. Straight up, Dana White, still my, my favorite guy, paying fighters 8 to 12 cents on the dollar. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Pimps pay hookers. Better rates than that. Now. Let's segue into the interview I wanted you guys to hear because, you know, for many, 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 for decades, everybody thought that Sonny Liston was just a mean guy, a scoundrel. Of course, Ali painted him as a big, ugly bear and this kind of stuff. He had the criminal record and then the mafia running the show for him for a long time. Talk about Frankie Carbo and Blinky Palermo. Frankie Carbo being A.K. Mr. Gray. Um, Mr. Gray called you and told you to fix a fight. You fix a fight. Ask. Ask Jake LaMotta. Of course, that was the basis of the Raging Bull movie. No doubt about that. But Sonny has been often misunderstood because the only time Sonny was really a jerk or an a-hole
6: was when he was drunk. Father Murphy and I then went from Denver to the training camp in Illinois where Sonny prepared for his long-awaited meeting with Floyd Patterson. Do you think in general boxers are improving too? Well, I would say slowly but surely are they receiving fine coaching? Uh, I know you are. Are others?
10: Well, some fighters, you can tell them, but they won't
6: listen, but I'm a good listener. I know it's for my own good. Sonny, I've worked with athletes for many, many years, and I can say with a high degree of accuracy that I have never really seen anyone train more diligently than you've been doing around here during the last few days. Well, in the morning, I get
10: up at 5 o'clock, and I run about five miles, eventually I work up to five. And after that, I come back and I go to bed. I sleep till about 10 o'clock. Then after that, I get up and eat breakfast, take a walk for about a mile and a half. Then I sit around for a few minutes. Then I go back to bed. Then I get up and come over and have me a cup of tea. And I start training, skipping ropes, hitting the heavy bag, light bag, boxing,
6: doing calisthenics. You believe that the man in the best condition certainly uh, has the greater chance to win, I'm sure. Yes, I do. Well, I admire you for paying this price, Sonny. You, you really train hard, and you, do you enjoy training hard? Yes, I do. When I know I've got to fight, huh? <laughs> Sonny, how old were you when you had your first boxing match? Well, when I first started, I was uh, 13. I went to the gym, and I
10: got us a sulacan, so I after that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not for me instead of doing again. I waited until I got 18 and I was big and I had I weighed 218. So I figured I said, well, I'm a man now, I can take it on my own.
6: Did you ever get a chance to fight the fellow who gave you the shellacking?
10: No, I never did see him no
6: Matter of fact, I wasn't looking for him. Either. <laughs> well, that's certainly a case of good judgment. But when you were fighting as a pro, um... <clears throat> Was there any particular fight when you first realized that you you, you, you came in, you're ready to go, you could beat anybody?
10: Cleveland Williams, when I fought Cleveland Williams after I went to the dressing room, and all the newspaper writers came in, so we, now that we believe you can take it after that fight, and... He must have been real tough. He was, he could punch real hard, and he was fast, and after that fight I felt that I could beat anybody. you think a must?
6: Yes, he was all muscle. He had muscles in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Sonny, someone said during your press conference yesterday that the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I thought your answer was wonderful. Yes.
10: Yeah.
6: How do they go? The bigger they are, the harder is to cut down, too. <laughs> <laughs> you have to chop that big tree a lot harder and a lot longer. I say. What's wrong, with, uh, Sonny, with the kids in our country today? They don't seem to have much enthusiasm for exercise. Do you have any comments on that?
10: Well, I think their parents buying them cars too quick. Used to be that when they get 18, they want a bicycle. and now they get 18, they want a
6: car. Sonny, uh, what advice would you give to a, a young lad who came to you and said, I want to become a boxer? What would you tell him as regards training and so forth?
10: Well, they always told me anything you want to do. Do your best and be
6: the best at it. And the training part, he has to pay a price, doesn't he? Yes, I do. That's a really train for anything you go out to, you have to train at it. You get out of it what you put into it, pretty much. Yes, you do. Uh, if you uh, <clears throat> should win the championship, uh, do you have any plans on what you're going to do after that?
10: Uh, I would like to work with the uh, kids and the... Youth centers
6: and everything. They need help, don't they? Yes, they Sorry. do. Sonny, tell me, what was the happiest moment of your entire career? The happiest moment? Mm-hmm. Well, when I married my wife, it was
10: the happiest moment of my career. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have any real sad moments? Well, when they turned me down for a license in New York to fight for the championship, mm-hmm. something I've always wanted to do. It was kind of sad that they did it, but uh, Chicago made me very proud
6: of it. And I'm sure you're, you're uh, happy over Patterson's attitude, uh, his willingness to fight you. Uh, he said some nice things about you, Sonny. Yes, he
10: did. I really was surprised <laughs> that he stood up for me like he
6: did. We're very happy.
2: Charles Sonny Liston, of course, as a boxer, 50-4, and four, lost the two fights to Muhammad Ali, lost a fight early on his split decision came back beat that by a couple times and of course lost that last fight to leotis martin before stopping the beyond bleeder chuck webner in his final outing in 1969 you are tuned to ring talk live worldwide on sports byline
0: 800-932-1749. 800-932-1749 That's 800-932-1749 three two seventeen forty
12: nine. You've heard me talking about four hymns and how they are helping guys look their best. If you haven't. It's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age of 35. And once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. Solution for HIMSS.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and more for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. Order now! Listeners to this program can get started with the Four Hims Complete Hair Kit for just five dollars while supplies last. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to fourhims.com/wrestling. That's f o r h i m s dot com/wrestling. Fourhims.com/wrestling.
5: I'm sorry for anyone I let down with this performance. I promise you I wanted this more than anything.
1: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
5: Things I
2: picked up there. Howard Cosell said that Marvin Gaye owned Andy Price. Ooh, I didn't like the way that sounded. But the bottom line is that's the way the managers considered and uh, were their fighters. Remember what Ray Leonard told me? No fighters ever, no managers ever going to say they own me. Because when I manage fighters, he was talking about those guys out of uh, uh, Mr. Parker. He hit a featherweight out of Houston, Texas. He said, he I don't own him, I represent him. Bottom line is Ray Leonard, a different breed, no doubt about that. You heard Sonny Lisson talking about dedication And, you know, the fact that you've really got to overly dedicate your spells to the sport of boxing because you never know what the other guys bring into the dance. You just don't. I mean, when I used to take a—if I took a shortcut running, I'd go back and I'll overdo the shortcut because I say to myself, my opponent's not taking that shortcut because he wants me. It was a matter of desire and dedication, and I remember dedicating myself six weeks to a fight, to a tournament, no doubt about that, and going celibate and having a girlfriend who just absolutely went berserk and couldn't believe it. She could not believe it— that I would give up sex for four to six weeks to win a Golden Glove championship. She couldn't believe it, and that's why she's out the door right now. She didn't believe it in the end, and she lied to me. But the bottom line is, I didn't lie to myself. You have to be dedicated. This is boxing. This is not baseball. This is not football, not badminton. We're not tossing horseshoes. The bottom line is, we're trying to inflict pain upon one another, trying to win boxing matches, combat sports. It ain't tennis. You are tuned to Rink Talk Live Worldwide. This is hour number one of two. Live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and a thousand other internet platforms. Bottom line is, you can always catch us live Saturday and Sundays at 11 a.m. Pacific time at SportsByline.com. That's SportsByline.com. Or go to iHeartRadio and set up a subscription with Ring Talks. Just enter Ring Talk in the search, and they will notify you each and every time a show goes live on the air. Straight up, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 35, make that 36 Plus, years now of radio presence. I want to thank my executive producer. But why am I thanking him? Because he's got to do hour number two. Coming back, hour number two on Sports Byline, Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hey, yo. For over 30 years and still, and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As long as she's fighting 135 pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. Heard live. Around the world, and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez
2: bienvenidos, Ladies and gentlemen, emanating live from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios in the city by the bay, the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California. Check it, sports fans. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 36 plus years now, often imitated but hardly duplicated straight up. Here I sit high atop my throne, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio raves, Pedro Fernandez in the house for another hour of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Well, wait, I'm not alone. I'll bring in Richard Sloan. Who's Richard Sloan? He's probably boxing's premier artist. You see him on the cover of Ring magazines. You see him doing the cover of various souvenir boxing programs. I'm telling you, as far as artists are concerned in boxing, he is the premier artist in the world of boxing, no doubt about that. But wait... Richard is not only into artistry, he knows a little bit about boxing himself. Of course, he was part of the Kronk Gym in Detroit, Michigan. So we'll talk about that and maybe bring in some Emanuel Stewart, too. So you are tuned to the mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We'll also delve into the world, actually, the death and the career of Salvador Sanchez. The reason why I bring that up, of course, is that right about this time each year, I remember... The great Salvador Sanchez, because I saw him fight with Wilfredo Gomez, a 2-1 to underdog. Guy having knocked Gomez down in the first round, broke his cheekbone, it was unheard of. Nobody thought that Mr. Sanchez was going to win that night, at least none of the experts. He did, and he won handily. So we'll talk about his death in 1982. Of course, very unfortunate. Coming back from a late night rendezvous, ran into a pigeon truck. Take that back, a chicken truck. Not a pigeon truck, a chicken truck. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide on Sports Byline. I radio Sirius XM, Salary in the American Forces Network.
1: Tower of power to the break! Unless I'm wrapped up in your...
4: The football season's back, and now you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make your bets on your favorite professional or college teams. Every spread, every total, every winner, and every loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. Will Mahomes throw for 56 touchdowns? Can the Pats go undefeated? Well, you can bet on all of this with the fastest odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code COACH55 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Get into all the action today with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts.
3: Fall is here, and with the leaves changing, it may feel like you're running out of time to get any lingering home projects done before the holidays. Well, luckily, Home Advisor can give you a hand so you can spend more time watching football and less time doing home projects. From minor repairs to major remodels, Home Advisor will connect you with top rated pros in your area. The pros have been reviewed by your neighbors. So you can see what others thought of their work. And if you're not sure how much your project should cost, get multiple quotes from pros and use HomeAdvisor's Project Cost Guide to see what others paid for similar projects. And to top all of it off, you can book appointments online, no more phone tag. So whether it's remodeling the den for football season or fixing up the house before the holidays, HomeAdvisor makes it beyond easy to get your home projects done To find the right pro at a fair price, just ask HomeAdvisor. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free award-winning HomeAdvisor app today. Now, back to Pedro Fernandez with the MMA Hour. He is
10: Mexican. He's proud to be Mexican.
2: Straight up, the master, Bob Arum, of course, talking about a male Navarrete, man. Mr. Navarrete can fight. No doubt about that. He is a champion, 122 pounds. Of the World Boxing Organization, our sponsor. Check them out at wboboxing.com. Now we take it to Sin City, Las Vegas. It's hard to introduce my next guest. Let me tell you the way that 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 Wikipedia and a couple of the web people, Richard Sloan, is an award-winning fine artist, born in 1974 in in England. Now we got the right guy. I mean Richard Sloan is a star. I've known this for years, decades, and, and I see him on the cover of this magazine, the cover of that magazine. He's taken over the world of boxing. Now I just gotta ask you, when are you gonna take over the world at large, Richard Sloan?
13: Well, first of all, let's say hello, Pedro. I'm I'm honored to be on the show and um thank you for the introduction and um I'm just enjoying doing all this artwork for these big fights. It's back-to-back now. I'm actually working on a, a Ring magazine cover and the uh, Golovkin fight at the same time right now today. Uh, last night, as, as the viewers saw, I did artwork for uh, Spence and uh, Porter. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, its a blast, buddy. It's a blast.
2: Leroy Neiman. Are you the new Leroy Neiman of the 21st century?
13: I don't know if I'm the new Leroy Neiman. I, I I think I'm the new Richard Sloan. You know, everybody has a Thank time you. and a place, and 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 uh, yeah, you know, you know, Leroy certainly was, um, you know, in a league of his own. And uh, I actually, you know, wouldn't want to be really compared to him as. Uh, you know, he 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 set the pace and uh, raised the bar You can't,
2: no, of, no, the reason why you can't be compared to him is that you can't drink like he did. I was around that guy. That, that man, that man was like, he could drink. I'm, I was yes. blown, I was blown. One time we were on Palm Springs, and he drank like for like an hour and a half, two hours. He must have piled down six, seven, eight drinks, and then he went off and did his thing, and it didn't seem like he was drunk.
13: Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a big, big cigar aficionado, and, um, yeah, l like, like, liked his drinks. I mean, he came from the old school, like just like Bert Sugar and those guys. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they –
10: uh... Uh,
13: Hey,
2: hey, Bert Sugar, we're doing the 1995 telecast, Razor Ruddock and Tommy Morrison in Kansas City, Missouri – so we're doing the telecast. Me and Bert Sugar, and I'm doing the we're doing the international feed. So he says to me, "Hey, I got to go to the can. I'll be right back." I said, "Okay." So he went away. He left for an hour and fifteen minutes. Left me doing TV by myself for an hour and fifteen minutes. He showed. <laughs> hey, wait, Bert Sugar shows up for the main event, drunk as a skunk. I mean, like, man, you there were fumes coming off his mouth. I mean, the, the athletic. It was it should, he could have been in a cartoon, but that was Bert and then Bert, of course, went off and did his thing flawlessly that night. Some guys can perform under alcohol. I couldn't. I can't. Yeah, no,
13: Bert Bert was one of a kind also, just like Leroy. And and I'll I'll never forget getting drunk with Bert at the Mandalay Bay one night. And uh, he always told me, he said, uh, Richard, he said, it's better to be a good liver than to have a good liver. And uh, that that was Bert's outlook, and, and he lived right, right until his uh, final days.
2: You know, more power to him, but, you know, that's what, you know, you know, when I when I confront my friends that still smoke, I don't know if you still smoke, but my friends that smoke cigarettes uh, habitually. I I, 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 I saw, smoke cigars. Okay, cigars. So I say to them, um, I said, man, that's not good for you. You know, my mom and my dad, my stepfather both died from that, all these uncles, I go down the, the list of family members, and they tell me, well, you got to die sometimes. That's what they tell me, right? So then these same people get, get cancer and then they're, they're down there getting the chemotherapy and they got the oxygen going the whole nine yards. All right. And their whole attitude changes at that point in time.
13: Yeah, that's so, so, so true. And, uh, you you know, the things that we take for granted until you have a loved one or, or, you know, it, it, it hits you directly and then you change up. But, uh, like they say, there's more old drunks about than there are old doctors, so there's got to be something to it.
2: Good, good point there.
13: Of drawing the
2: athletes that you've, you've drawn over the years, is that what you call? Am I, is that the way an artist put your drawn athlete? I mean, how do you put that?
13: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, t- typically I'll, I'll sketch them out first, and then uh, and then take that sketch and composition, and, and work out some details, and maybe add some some extra shadings, and, and kind of play around. I've actually started just just using the digital format, a little bit of the iPad to uh, do the digital sketching, and uh, then I'll I'll sketch it onto a canvas and uh, pick up the paintbrush, mix the colors, and uh, you know you know start somewhere using um, around the eyes, and uh, you know once I have that rough likeness, then I'll start blocking in colors and. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's it's all part of the painting process to me. I mean, the final results usually are paintings for me. Uh, There used to be drawings when I couldn't afford paints. There was a time when I couldn't afford paints or or canvas, and... uh, so, so it's it's been an interesting and uh, beautiful ride. But
2: isn't that the way it is for all of us? Though that we starve at some point in time. I mean, we just actually starve. I mean, we're talking crackers and top ramen and beans and rice. That was my thing: beans and rice. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest with you. You have to, you have right. to, you have well, to, you have to be hungry in order to succeed. I think.
13: I, I, you're 100 percent right. There was a time, I mean, when I couldn't afford that stuff, and, and I'll never forget a time where. Um, and I was matchmaking fights for for Emmanuel Stewart at the time, and uh, times were thin. And, and uh, I'll never forget my phone was off for about two weeks, and, um, and 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 I got a people trying to reach me, and and it's not good to have your phone off. I could not afford to pay the phone bill. I
7: remember those and what, two weeks.
13: Yeah, and 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 I got an email. I got an email from a, from a special friend of mine who happened to be Pedro Fernandez. And he said, he said, I can't reach you on your phone. What's going on? I said, Pedro, it's, it's a rough month. I've got a lot of bills. Written. I said, it'll be on in a month. And you, you said to me, you said, it won't be on in a month. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it'll be on in a day. And you actually Western union me the money. And, uh, out of all the guys in boxing, that stuck with me ever since. And this is, this has got to be going 20 years ago. And, um, you, you, you know, you said there's no risk paying back. Um, you, you, you know, you're just, just there. And, and, uh, that's what it comes, that, that comes from, from having nothing. You, you, you've had hard times and I've had hard times and you know what it's like. So, 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 so you know, and I, and I was dealing with millionaires, multi-millionaires that wouldn't, wouldn't give you anything. But here it is, you, um, you know, and, and I, I don't know your finances and stuff, but, 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 but you reached out and you were the only one that got that phone back on. And Good. Uh, that, that will never be forgotten, man. So thank you for that.
2: Good enough. Now you can get an Obama phone. I think. That's what they call them. They call them Obamaphones. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Straight up, Richard right. Sloan's our guest, folks. He's, of course, an award-winning artist. He is the man. He puts together... Boxing covers for different magazines, programs, the whole nine yards. He did the Spence Porter artwork last night, of course. He did the Canelo Mayweather artwork. I'm looking at it right now on the web. He's done everything there is to do as far as the world of art and boxing is concerned, but I keep telling him he needs to step out and do other things. I think he's trying to do that as well. But we will expand on the world of Richard Sloan and Kronk Boxing after the break. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.
8: Let's get out of this hot sun into a nice cool bar.
4: In a few minutes, honey.
8: You're listening to the MMA Hour.
10: Well, that's a change in society today. And that's, uh, that's a lot of, you know, we could get into that. We're going to a million things, even though to watch so many of these shows. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing but the whether it crime scene or this and that. As always the TV show. just cutting up the body. Somebody's finding the body decomposing. of mean, just, just a society right now They're just totally out of focus. Excessive Excess, sense of violence, excessive sense of sex on TV and the music and the, and the theaters. I mean, it's just a... And uh, the sports zone, only thing that they can relate to, which they see most is, is basketball and football, mainly basketball. And that's what the kids are most part of doing, especially the uh, black kids. And it's moment, you want to go into something, what you see, you don't even see all the amateur boxing on TVs. A lot of people see something, that's what they want to be
13: involved with, but they don't even see that anymore. Okay.
2: Just stick with Motown, baby. The great Emmanuel Stewart, of course, talking about sex and violence, that kind of good stuff. You could tell, hey, Richard Sloan's our guest. Richard, you could tell that was Emanuel a bit older in his days because talking about sex and violence, you know, that wouldn't be manual in his younger days. No, definitely not. But that that <laughs>
13: actually, actually brought a tear to my eye to hear his voice. That was a surprise. And, and, and um, yeah, that was definitely his, his, his uh, later days there. But, yeah. But, um, you know, Emmanuel always had a great outlook on things, and he was always accurate about about society and and he had a, he had a infinite wisdom that that I think is underrated. And um, he, he you know he's just a very 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 special man that I miss <laughs> dearly. He, and I'm actually li- looking at his photograph on my wall right now.
2: You know, he, he told me that he didn't run for mayor uh, of Detroit because of, he had girlfriends, but. It was actually he had he had some he gambled a lot man that, that was a that was really Emmanuel's only blight was that he was a gambler right,
13: Yeah, honest. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. He played place a you know a, a bet here and there. I don't think it was uh, anything you know you know extravagant. Bro, um, bro, you know, bro, bro,
2: the, bro. He bet six hundred thousand dollars on Jimmy Paul to beat Greg Haugen.
13: Yeah, that's, well, that's that's a lot. I mean, I mean, let's put it this way: well, right, right. close, and Jimmy close. Paul lost. Right. Um, oh, watch that language, bro. Please. We're on the radio. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so, so basically, um, you know, he Emmanuel had um had a way with people that that, that you know, he made everybody feel special, and there was only certain people he let certain things be known about i guess we all have that where, yeah. where um he had levels and uh i never got that close to his, his gambling side he never let me get so close maybe because i was uh at one point vice president of the company <coughs> so i never really saw uh you, you know what he did with his with, with his cash but being um being a, a street hustler and, and 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 the guy that that from 15 years old and always uh, made money um you know, I think he bought his first Cadillac by the time he was eighteen years old. Yeah, by but the, he was
2: also it, hard. Let's be honest; he was also an electrician of sorts,
13: and he and he worked. I yeah, mean,
2: yeah. I mean, he was, he was an accomplished tradesman.
13: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he went through the schools. He got all these all these things. He moved up the ranks really quick in the uh, uh, Detroit. Um, I think it's Edison Cor- mm-hmm. or Cor- Connor or whatever the company was. Rich, he was Rich, Richard, Richard,
2: Richard, did you ever drive that gold 1970 Cadillac with the scoop on the back?
13: No, I never actually. By the time I got there, I, uh, that was gone. Um, um, I, I've never, I never drove Emmanuel, but that's exactly what Emmanuel had. And he'd take the kids all over to the Ohio State Fair and, and uh, all over, man, with the, with the, you know, the Golden Gloves uh, stuff. That was his passion, amateur boxing. As you mentioned in, in, in the uh, audio bite, you played amateur boxing. He really loved, and I think one of the reasons he had so much respect for you is that you know you're a four times Golden Gloves champion and uh, he was well aware of that and he had so much respect for your not just your commentating and your and your your knowledge of the of the game um but the fact that you actually did it just as he did he was a golden glove champion you know he no, 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 no he
2: mm-hmm. was at time I, I got to put you on hold right there he wasn't the golden glove champion he was the AAU the national AAU golden glove champion this is like the golden glove champion of the entire united states it Right. like it was like a one month tournament I mean, it was they qualify from all over the country, does not it? And, of course, he got it on, and he won the 118-pound championship, a bantamweight.
13: Right, exactly, 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 in, in Chicago. And, um, you know, that that was one of his uh, brightest moments, you know, in boxing, and uh, it, it was so overlooked. And he also, you know, really liked to be acknowledged as a manager mm-hmm. uh, as much as a trainer because what he did with some of the management stuff was phenomenal. I mean, I mean, he put together the, the rematch with Leonard and uh, and uh, Tommy, and um, you know, he says he did that single-handedly. He went down there, play played pool at, at, at Ray's house, and, and struck a deal over the pool table, and Tommy uh, won. But- and Tommy won. Tommy and Tommy won. won. And
2: Ray admits that to the, the – Ray, I was part of Ray's training camp for that for two weeks down there, and uh, that uh, in Florida. And of course, Mike Trainer paid the bill. That it was sort of cool, anyway. But no, no, Ray lost that fight. I mean, Ray got Ray got beaten in that fight. Tommy didn't get his call. And Ray would admit later that that uh, that that Tommy did deserve to win that fight. No doubt about that. So you know, speaking of Detroit. I had went to the Motown studios a bunch of times. A Emmanuel hooked me up with this funeral director that worked next door. He was like about, it was about 75, 80, so he would have to be like 110 to be alive still nowadays. But anyway, um, he hooked me up with this funeral director right next door to the Motown Records, the Motown Museum. And so I went over there and brought, he told me, bring some weed to this dude. I said, okay, all right, I understand. Right. All right, so I brought some weed to this old man. His name, I won't give it up his name right now, but anyway, he sat there. He told me Motown memories for like two days, and I wanted to write a book, so I'm writing down all these notes, all these notes, all these notes, all these notes. So anyway, I get back to Emmanuel's house after two days of Motown, and I'm done, man. I mean, I've smoked so much weed, I can't even stand up anymore, okay? Because these guys, keep it going, Pedro. Keep it going. Keep that California weed going. And there's 75-year-old funeral directors, and you would think these guys would like, you know, not be smoking joints all day long but they were anyway the bottom line is they told me more stories about Motown than I could ever write about but they weren't really book worthy so when I went back to Emmanuel and I sat down with him and told him you know the, this, the, the stuff I'm getting from these guys really isn't book worthy he said okay I'll put you in touch with Martha Reeves and Levi Stubbs Levi Stubbs is the lead of the four tops Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. So I got Martha Reeves on the phone, and she wouldn't say anything about Motown. I mean, it was like she wanted to talk about the weather in Detroit and this kind of stuff. I said, okay. So then Levi Stubbs, we were going over to his house, and he got sick that morning. He would die about two or three years later from some form of cancer. But he got sick that morning, and he backed out. What I'm trying to say is when I went to Detroit, a man who did a lot to enlighten me regarding Motown, but he was never himself inside the Motown Museum ever, not once.
13: Wow, I didn't know that. I know we drove past it plenty of times and to tell you the truth, I've never been inside it either, but but um we drove past it on, on, on many occasions and it's just one of those things I think when you live there you just think, oh, I'll get to you know, a more convenient time and, and that time, you know, that never comes. But um <laughs> But He's you know, certainly a Detroit icon and and I see that you know, you know, they, they just uh, named a street for him there in Detroit. Uh, Jefferson Avenue is, is, is now Emmanuel Stewart Place and uh which is totally so deserved the amount of kids that he saved there. Not just um you know, not just forget about the professional boxing, but the amount of kids in that neighborhood that Emmanuel would peel off twenty or forty dollars uh, every time he saw them, yeah. just say, you know, m- make sure you get some groceries on the way home. And uh, he really, he really upheld that whole neighborhood where the Kong Gym was, which is now demolished. And um, you know, the neighborhood's got way worse um, since 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 Emmanuel um, you know passed away. Like many great people,
2: though, his shortcomings were a lot of times with the people closest to him.
13: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Emmanuel, you know, did his best, and and and. Um, you know, I truly believe that, that that he never went out of his way to to hurt us any soul. Um, I I think he just um, you know he always w- w- was optimistic. But but um, you know, you he, he, he can't be great at absolutely everything. And yeah. I think his account, accounting and stuff. You know what I mean? I know his yeah, it, yeah, yeah, public yeah. knowledge. He got, got got in trouble with the IRS at one point, and you know there was sometimes some of the employees you know you know had to wait until a later date to to, to get paid or. You know, things like that. So so his, his accounting was, it wasn't, um, the, you know, the best. Um, and and, and but, but he was the best in many other areas, which which not many people get to say in life. You know, the, 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 the best in the business of what they do. And um, like he, I said, as a, a, he was as a broadcaster.
2: A, he, he was a damn good friend. I mean, if, as far as oh, I, yeah, was, I, mean, I was he was a damn good friend. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, hey, hey, absolutely. And he gave me a gig with Aretha Franklin. I mean, come oh, on. Wow, nice. Come on, yeah. come on. I mean, Yeah, I mean, he tells me, he goes, you know, we're going to be introduced to a special guest tomorrow night. I said, yeah, so what? You know what I mean? He tells me I'm the ring announcer. So what? You know, Pedro, cocky, so what? No big thing. Then we get to the arena. I'm not even remembering it. And then he says to me, he goes, uh, remember that person I told you? It was going to be Aretha Franklin. Whoa! Wow. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Things sort of yeah. changed dramatically at that point in time, then the heart started racing, the adrenaline started going. This wasn't no ring announcing gig anymore. I was introducing the queen of soul
13: yeah well, that's how how Emmanuel was, but you know what he wouldn't have done that for anybody he 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 had to know your character and your background. He was very you know you know he'd been burned over many times. i mean I mean this guy worked in the boxing industry, so you know how how people get burned over but once he once he was your friend and he trusted you, which which he did with you with no no hesitation whatsoever. Um, you know he would open doors like that and, and he did a lot for me. You know the same way uh, when, when it was with Eminem. We trained Eminem together. Um, he, he just uh, you know he, he was a really really good friend and and um, I remember. You know, the first time I'd, I'd heard of you, Emmanuel said, "We need to get this damn internet stuff going." And I said, "I don't know what you know much about it." He said, uh, "You know, my friend Pedro has this website called Fighters dot com, which is probably thirty years ago." Wow! And, uh, and 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 that's that's how I got introduced mm-hmm. to your to your voice way before I met you. Wow! Sit sit next to Emmanuel as he listened to you, <laughs> as, as he listened to to your show when he was Fighters dot com. Oh man,
2: he's he was a classic. So tell me about your artwork now is the internet prevented you from making a living? What I mean by that is everybody can sort of steal a picture of your artwork and then sort of like print it out and put it on their wall.
13: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the big things. Um, um, you know, counterfeits is, is, is is a big issue. And, um, you know, there's not too much you can do about it. It's it's like uh or, you know people take a cover of Ring Magazine or something and blow it up and you know you you can go to Walmart now and make make copies of stuff and um y you, you, you know it doesn't have great value. It, it it's just these you know it's not nice to look at. It's aesthetically pleasing, but but um you know it doesn't have the value of of a real piece of artwork or a limited edition. But uh, yeah, there's definitely lots of knockoffs out out there, and there's lots of artists that you know try to emulate. Um, my style and, and and things like that, things that I've worked on, and you know, I was inspired early on by Leroy Neiman. and so 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 I understand what they're doing, but and, but there's and, a difference between being inspired and copying. You know, there's there's a big okay. difference.
2: In less than a minute, tell me your best piece of art and why.
13: Best piece of art and why is probably the Mayweather Pacquiao um, original because um, you know all the hype around the fight and all all the, the publicity it received.
2: Fantastic, Richard Sloan. I wish you the very best of luck. I love you, man. You can check him out online, folks. Just go to uh, Google and Google up Richard Sloan. You'll see what's happening. He is the artist of artists. I love you, man. Best of luck, okay? I
13: love you too, Pedro. You take care, my friend. Yeah, l- good work.
2: Yeah, tough, tough to keep it not crying in this. Uh, both of us, both of us here. Me yeah. and Rich. That is tough. Anyway, bottom line uh, is you are tuned to Ring Talk Live worldwide. Do
12: You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. You've heard me talking about 4 hymns and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age of 35. And once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. Solution, 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and more for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. HIMS is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA approved products to help treat hair loss. Order now. Listeners to this program can get started with the 4HIMS Complete Hair Kit for just $5 while supplies last. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to 4 slash wrestling. That's F O R H I M slash wrestling
8: shipping stop overpaying and call right now
0: 800 814 5188 800 814 5188 800 814 5188 that's 800 814 5188
5: this is mark hoff co-host of the best of investing can you believe how long we've been living in this era of low interest rates it's been for most of this decade And when we were all expecting rates to go up this year, now we're finding out that low rates will likely continue through 2020. If you're among the rapidly growing segment of people entering retirement age, I'm sure you're concerned over the challenge of growing your retirement savings, and you're not alone. Pacific Private Money has a solution for those seeking ways to significantly boost yields you earn on your retirement savings. And we do it with safety and security features not found in traditional investments like stocks and mutual funds. For more information on how you can supercharge your retirement savings with annual yields of 7% or more, that's right, 7% or more, Contact us at 415-883-2150 or visit us at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Equal housing lender. Licensed Cal DRE 01897444. All investments have inherent risk and your results may vary. This station does not guarantee nor endorse any investment strategy.
0: Now, more of the MMA Hour with Pedro Fernandez. Let's take
9: it
2: back. 1981. August 21st, it was a Friday night. I was supposed to be in the police academy that day, but I called in sick. So, you know, sort of cool not to go to the police academy, but, you know, they tell you, if you call in sick ever once in the academy, forget it, pal, they're washing you out. Nobody calls in sick when you're in the police academy, the San Francisco police academy. But I called in sick. I wanted to go see Wilfredo Gomez, undefeated at the time, 32-0 and with a draw, taking on Salvador Sanchez, a Mexican great. I mean, wow, I wanted to see this go down. Of course, Sanchez having beated, uh, beaten – Danny Lorette Lopez, not once but twice. I mean, he has spanked him, and Lopez not a not an easy guy to spank. Anyway, bottom line is this was a Friday night fight. And it was on pay-per-view, and I didn't want to get snitched off, right, for being, you know, calling in sick. And they showed me on the closed-circuit television. Me and my friend Hector Martinez were standing side by side, and they showed it just for a clip on the closed-circuit TV. I kid you, I almost, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you can't sort of deny you're in Las Vegas if they show you on television, but thank goodness there weren't too many policemen in uh, the SFPD that were uh, <laughs> that knew me that were boxing fans because they didn't see it on TV. Anyway, bottom line is Gomez and Sanchez going down the Rumble, of course, at the Palace, Caesars Palace, August 21st, 1981. Now, 1982 He's getting ready for a fight with Lon Laporte. I'm talking about Salvador Sanchez with a record, a stunning record. I mean, come on, man. 44 wins, one loss, of course. And, of course, that was early on a split decision of Mazatlan with 32 KOs. Pound for pound, he was ready to rumble with after this Laporte fight with Alexis Arguello, the late Alexis Arguello. So 44 and one, one draw, 32 KOs. He goes out for an evening. Where I take that back, <clears throat> he leaves training camp. He's going to fight, as I said, he's going to fight in a few weeks. So he leaves training camp and he uh, wakes up late. He's in this girl's house and he wakes up very, very late. And she says, Oh, I got to get back to camp, but oh, my trainers will realize you know, that, that I'm not in bed, that I'm not there. Oh. So he's racing back in this Corvette. He's got this thing for sports cars. He's racing back in this Corvette and he's at 100 miles per hour and he rear ends a chicken truck a truck with a bunch of chickens that were going to going to market. So anyway, bottom line is he died in that in that wreck and of course the boxing world was stunned. The Mexican boxing fan of course thought they were watching the the next great fighter come along, the superstar of all superstars, but it was cut short. Here is the great Salvador Sanchez with Howard Costello doing the special.
9: It was February 2, 1980, when Salvador Sanchez at the age of 21, a relative unknown became the WBC featherweight champion of the world. The opponent considered a great champion was Danny Little Red Lopez, a great puncher. Here in the early going, Sanchez was able to do what many had done to Lopez, clean up on him, build up a lead, but most couldn't sustain. Sanchez could sustain. As you see here in the 13th round, It was over for Little Red, greatly conditioned and with remarkable stamina, Sanchez showed steadily the ability to come from behind. His first defense was against Ruben Castillo from Bakersfield, California, in Tucson, Arizona, April 12, 1980. Castillo fought cleverly, even brilliantly, built up a lead. But then, in the late rounds, it was all Sanchez as he won the decision. Then he would go against Danny Little Red Lopez again, and it was almost an instant replay of the first time little red gave it everything he had but he was facing a better man and he knew it and in the 14th round the fight had to be stopped as lopez wobbled across the ring and then perhaps the fight that brought sanchez finally the recognition he deserved against wilfredo gomez considered by many to be perhaps the best puncher of his era, inch for inch and pound for pound. In the very first round, Sanchez, a two-to-one underdog, flawed Gomez and then finally toe-to-toe against a legendary puncher in the same manner as against Lopez. It was over for Gomez. He was rendered helpless and Sanchez had proved himself a true great champion though only 23 years of age. And, of course, he was heralded then. He had waited a long time for it in boxing terms, though still a kid. He came from a sleepy little Mexican town in the hills outside Mexico City, the town known as Santiago Tangistenco. Those who knew him knew that he was untouched by his status as a national hero and a world champion. He was one of 11 children, remained close to his parents as younger brothers and sisters. And the great thing about the kid was that he never forgot what he might have been if it hadn't been for his success at boxing because... He might have been one of those field workers, working under a scorching sun in a blistering heat. Every morning he would run by them as if to remind himself that this was what he might have been. But no, he wasn't that at all. And so he kept himself superbly trained in condition. Even when he would relax, he would do it with a buoyant enthusiasm. And in a manner to sustain the very condition that enabled him to be the champion he became. Of course, he had only one affectation. Sports cars. It was a love, maybe not an affectation, but a love that would ultimately cost him his very life. Because on Thursday past, that accident and death at the age of 23. The funeral was a sad occasion, but it was a proud occasion, too, because the Mexican people were so proud of him. And he was a proud young man, proud because of what he had achieved. Juan Laporte, was a man he had faced in the past and defeated, was about to face again in some three weeks, and yet, though an opponent, Laporte tells what developed between them.
10: He used to call me Juanito,
9: you know, and we used to
10: call—they call him El Chavo—so we used to call him Chavo. And you know, we we had something going, you know, like friendship. We, and losing him like that, you know, that's bad because um, I know a lot of kids out there, you know, love him as well as everybody else out here. And it just—it's bad to see a person, you know. Might like that go away.
6: It was a cold blow to me, it was a hard thing for me to take. I wasn't really on a one-to-one base with him, I a close friend or anything, but, but was a man who came in and took the title from me, and I consider myself a, a pretty good champion at the time, and he came and he showed me he was better. And to hear that he was, he's dead at the age of 23 was, uh, was hard to take. When one
9: is but 23 years of age and dies tragically in an accident, there is no fulfillment for the fullness of life, no opportunity to do all of the things you wanted to do. In Salvador's case, his dream was to retire in another year, study, become a doctor. But no, no chance of that. Under the circumstances, it seems the best thing to do is to let his athletic skills, magnificent as they were, speak for themselves. In this, his last fight against tough Azuma Nelson, July 21 passed at Madison Square Garden in New York City. It was the final round ever of his career and perhaps symbolically the final round of his life.
2: Last round of the great Salvador Sanchez. Howard Cosell just let it go quiet there. Of course, Sanchez dying. Wow, unbelievable now. August twelfth, 1982, at the age of 23. He was a stud, no doubt about that. As I said, about to hook up with Alexis Arguello. The fight was on Laporte. The rematch was considered a foregone conclusion. He had beat Laporte once, and they were friends, and they were like, not a work fight, but he was going to, you know, go through uh, Laporte like like he did the first time, pretty easy. So the bottom line was the fight with Arguello never happened. Speaking of Arguello, what a, you know, his death in, what, 2008, 2009, by gunshot, whether it was self-inflicted or somebody else shot him or not. Arguello never hooked it up with Sanchez. That fight never happened because Sanchez died. And you never fought Roberto Duran. That was the fight. That was the fight. That I mean of the Latino world. That was the fight that people wanted to see, and somehow it just didn't happen. Arguello moved here, Duran went there, and Duran was a few years ahead of Arguello as far as moving up. And weight was concerned, but man, that was a fight. I remember Duran looking at a picture of Arguello one time, seeing a picture of Duran looking at a, looking at a picture of Arguello in in like Boxing Illustrated or something like that, and him showing that Urgh, the modest pietro that look, that hands of stone look. Bottom line is that was an era not seen ever again, maybe. Never seen ever again, maybe. And the reason why I bring this up is that Nick Bellafato, the boxing trainer, of course, the amateur boxing trainer, the guy that's got that great show going October 5th, that's next Saturday, in Redwood City, California, um, an amateur boxing card with some studs, 20 fights and some studs on the card. Um, he, he's, he talked about it yesterday, the fact that, you know, the boxing trainers don't seem to be able to teach teach the fundamentals anymore it can't teach people how to work off a jab i mean because i worked off a jab until the jab didn't work and then you went to like pan b or plan c you know i mean that's just the way it was but eventually initially the ideal thing would be was to start off and control a fight with the jab okay i mean that's what the way you want to do it doesn't always go that way sometimes you have to go to plan b and plan c but that's the way you want to do things and nick was trying to and nick was not nick was Not implying, he was outright saying it, that today's trainers aren't teaching the fighters well enough to succeed as far as the the international ranks are concerned, as far as the amateurs. I mean, because you're not seeing too many amateur. I mean, golden glove champions as far as uh, gold medal winners and that kind of stuff, and, and world amateur champions in the United States anymore. You just don't see it. I mean, once it was the hotbed, we talked about this the 76 Olympic team, the Spinks brothers, Howard Davis, Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, Leo Randolph was on that team. There were some studs on that team. I mean, and of course, 1984. I mean, Breland and Pernell Whitaker and Meldrick Taylor and Virgil Hilton, to than St. Evander Holyfield. I mean, these were some studs. I mean, absolute studs. But, you know, last couple of Olympics, I mean, Earl Spence won the Olympics in 2012. Not too many people remember that. I didn't see the fight. I, didn't, I mean, the only reason why I really know he won the Olympic gold medals, I follow him and the fact that Bob Arum talks about it when he says that was a fighter that got away. Aram, the master, of course, the man at the top-ranked plantation, the CEO, the boss, call him what you want, former United States attorney with the Kennedy administration back when President Kennedy was still alive, 1960 to 1964, I believe, was uh, his run with the U.S. Justice Department, talking about Bob Aram. And that's how Bob Aram got turned on to boxing, was he went and did the numbers, the paper, the closed-circuit TV numbers for the Sonny Liston, uh Sonny List Floyd Patterson fight that Sonny had talked about in hour number one that was held in Chicago, Illinois, is I think at the Chicago White Sox Stadium. But he saw the numbers. He saw the money that boxing generated. He said to himself, after Kennedy got killed, mm, there's no really no real reason for me to stick around here. Let me go promote Muhammad Ali. And of course, Bob Arum will become the biggest promoter in the history of boxing. Maybe not the most well-known promoter. Maybe Don King's got that. But as far as success And longevity, you got to give it to Bob Arum, no doubt about it. You are tuned to the mighty Sports by Live Broadcast Network. You're listening to the
0: MMA Hour. That's a sobering thought. That's 800-403-5912.
1: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. The horns of the mighty Tower of Power. Now, they might be mighty,
2: but East Bay Soul, listen to that, eastbaysoul.com. Greg Adams was the founder of the Tower of Power horn section. He was a lot of money. He's got a new band, He's had it for about 10 years, and I think their horn section is better than Tower of Power. Check them out, East Bay Soul or TowerofPower.com. Who's better? Straight up, you are to Drink Talk Live worldwide. You're inside, look at the world of boxing and MMA. Man, I want to reach out and thank Richard Sloan. I mean, Richard Sloan is an amazing guy. Richard T. Sloan, you can look, up, up, look him up on Wikipedia or on Google. He's an accomplished artist, there's no doubt about it. I feel so honored to have him on the show. And we were talking about Emmanuel and things like that, I think we were both fighting back tears there on a, on a, on a couple of different occasions. So, so if it sounded a little mushy, I'm sorry. But that's just the way it is, you know. It's real live talk radio, and every now and then it gets a little emotional, and that got a little emotional, no doubt about that. But I want to thank Mr. Sloan. No doubt about it, Sloan kicks ass each and every time he appears on this show. The Godfather, Larry Merchant. In rare form this morning, no doubt about that, it wasn't it? I mean, Larry was just knocking it outside the ballpark, talking about different guys taking over, how we, how we segue from Leonard to Ali to Spence. I mean, nobody doesn't quite like the godfather Larry Merchant. That's why I'm so blessed to have him almost each and every week here on the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Now, don't forget, Ring Talk airs both Saturday and Sunday. Saturday we air for an hour at 11 a.m. Pacific time. On sports byline, of course. Then on Sunday, we are at 11 a.m. Pacific time for two hours. So if the Sunday show is two hours. The Monday, the Saturday show is one hour. Both start at 11 a.m. Pacific time or 2 p.m. Eastern time. Now this song here is sung by my good friend, Mr. Lenny Williams. Talk about Lenny Williams. We'll be talking tomorrow. But the bottom line is, Lenny and I think it'll be doing something in the Bay Area real soon. So look forward to that gotta thank everybody that puts this show together. My man Scott Cuddy, of course we works day high, day in and day out to make sure I don't screw up here on the air. So I thank him so much for that. Straight up, I got to thank you listeners as well. This Ring Talk family I've had it together for 36 plus years now. If you're joining us for the very first time today, welcome to the family. If you've been here for 36 years, you know what time it is.
5: Cause I love you so